All right, there we go. Hello, hello. What's up? We're here. We're back. We're here. We're back. I'm I'm pretty full, so I'm good to go. Hubble's full. The world is good. I was going to stop and get some porter today, but... Not into that beer usually. Yeah. Pers- just a personal preference. Yeah. But I will say the next time you see porter at a brewery or whatever, you'll probably think of this story. I suppose I would. A porter is a dark brown bitter beer brewed from malt, partly charred or browned by drying at a high temperature. All right. Tonight we're going to London 1814. We're going to 279 Tottingham Court Road. I was trying to say that in a London accent. That was stupid. Tottingham Court Road. If I could figure out how to zoom out on this Google Earth, it's driving me absolutely crazy. But this is it. The exact spot we're going to is right here. The Dominion Theater. And this did not look like that back in the day, but it was the same theater that we're going to. Okay. So obviously, you know what story this is. The London Beer Flood. So this was not a theater back then. It was a... Pub? N- no. Oh. You think they have enough p- beer in a pub? It was a brewery. Oh. A brew. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> it was actually called a brew house. A brew, haha. So now it is the Dominion Theater. So if you're ever in London and you walk by here, whoa, look at this dude. He's got a mohawk. Bet he's up to no good. All right, hair profiler. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to stalk some of these people, find out like where they go to work. And yeah, holy shit, look at these chips. How do people not just walk by this store and just grab some chips? I don't know. Maybe not everyone's a compulsive kleptomaniac. (laughs) (laughs) There's got to be plenty, though, around here. Oh, man. All right. Anyway, that's where we're going to tonight, 1814. We're going to a Monday afternoon. Let me show you the actual street. So you just saw So you just saw what it looked like today, like the actual today street. Not the same building, but the same spot. Mm-hmm. This is the same spot. This is now the theater. You see the white uh, building there. Mm-hmm. That's the same spot we're going to. So you look how different it is in 200 years. You yeah, know? yeah. That's crazy. Now, you kind of know what this is, but I need to... To briefly tell you the story about the back neighborhood okay. behind this, because it is known as, from one history blogger, quote, the worst sink of iniquity. It is the St. Giles Rookery. So I was looking up, I was like, why is it called a rookery? So you'll see some streets that are like the slums. In the old days, these slums were called rookeries. And I was looking up why they call them rookeries. It's because rooks, like the actual bird, they make these weird nests mm-hmm. and they make all this weird sound. So it's like loud and chaotic. That's why they call them rookeries. I don't know. Hmm. Now, can you orient me in terms of what what year and when this was in relation to like Jack the Ripper era? You know? Jack the Ripper was not yet. It was 1856, okay. something okay. like that. St. Giles Rookery, the slum. Here's a, one of the, a photo from it. You can see here. Now, obviously, this is an illustration, but you see women, children, men. You see prostitution. You see drugs, alcohol, just destitute living. Mm-hmm. Prostitution, gambling, crime, gangs, drunks, filth, sewage on streets. 30,000 people lived in this one street. Many families had to live in the basements, which used to be storehouses. See, yeah. the Irish moved here. So most of these are Irish. Irish immigrants. Ah, okay. And the children had only rags to wear. Death was often, body removal was even less. A lot of Irish immigrants, many men had no choice to join the army, the Redcoats, which the Duke of Wellington described his common soldiers as, quote, the scum of the earth. So you did not want to be a soldier back then at all. 
because you had the worst conditions and you got no pay. Oh, that's pretty much how it is. (laughs) (laughs) Not so nothing changed. (laughs) Not so different after all. So, I mean, here's here's another illustration of uh, the streets. You see, this is like daily life. I mean, everyone's drinking, having, there's no money there. Everyone's poor. Prostitution's rampant. Look at this woman with her boobs out. She just dropped her baby. Jesus. Oh my God. She She's dropping her baby as she's eating something. I think it's pills or something. I don't know. Oh boy. Look, this guy's a skeleton. Oh boy. So that was behind the brewery. Now we're going to 1814. We're actually going to the Horseshoe Brewery. Okay. It was the sixth largest in London at the time. All right. Now we're going to get right into it. I just had to give you a little background on the people that are going to be affected by this story. Okay. George Crick, who worked for the Horseshoe Brew House for 17 years, was finishing up a work order. He had to fix one of the Vats. Now okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go over what the vats are. I mean, you kind of know the vats that hold all the beer. This brewery in particular on this occasion, this season, was making porter. Porter takes about 10 months to brew. Wow, that's a lot longer than I thought. Exactly. Now, George Crick is the manager here. He was finishing up a work order because one of the vats, mm-hmm. as you'll see, they have these iron loops that go around the vats. Okay. So if you think of a barrel, and sometimes you'll see loops that go around. It. Here, let me show you a perfect example. Okay. This is what I'm talking about right here. Do you see these loops? You see like one, two, those loops. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those loops go around the vat. Mm-hmm. One of those loops had slipped off one of the vats. Now, we're going to talk about the vats. The vats are the big barrels that hold all the beer mm-hmm. because they were unusually large, okay? Which I mean, uh, this is a lot of beer. I mean, how many, ga- do you know how many gallons? Yeah, we're going to get to okay. that. Let me show you a picture. These vats, this is of the brewery. Mm-hmm. You've you never seen something like this before. This is insane. And there's, I'm going to tell you why they had such big vats. You know, Martin, I was going to do a, <laughs> that's funny. I was going to do, when I do the HH Holmes episode, yeah. the first one I'm going to do is going to be the vat of acid episode because <laughs> he actually does, he actually throw someone in a vat of acid. And I thought that would be the perfect freaking title. That is my favorite uh, episode. I was actually, I'm like so glad Martin said it because I was going to say it too. When he really... <laughs> That, that is definitely the pinnacle of Rick and Morty right there, man. Yeah. 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 That's a good show. Check out these vats. They are huge. These vats are 22 feet tall. Damn. And they're suspended above ground about 10 feet. You see the little yeah. platform there? It's quite the engineering for, for this day. They are enormous. Let me go back to that one picture I was showing you. You see right here, you see how just large they are compared to this woman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So th- this is like five stories tall. Yeah, it's huge. Maybe not quite that much, but. Now, big. so George Crick, he's finishing up a work order because this Monday, one of the iron loops that I just showed you on the vat had slipped off. Off the rivets. One of the iron hoops have slipped off the rivet and this wasn't abnormal. He's seen this happen before and it's just, you put a work order in and, you know, some guy comes and fix it. Okay. You know, and they could even wait a few days. It's not Easy a big peasy. deal. Easy yeah. peasy. He wrote to Mr. Young, which was a partner in the Horseshoe Brewery. So it was around five o'clock. George Crick was in the brewery office and he had just given this work order to the postboy to deliver. Suddenly he hears this ungodly loud boom, just a boom. It was like a bomb was right under his desk and blew his ears out. It was huge. 
he immediately was, what the fuck was that? There wasn't any bombs or dynamite or TNT or anything that could make an explosion sound that large. So he immediately runs into the brew house where they're brewing with all the vats. Mm -hmm. George Crick runs into the brew room. He opens the door and was greeted by this dark, hot, fermenting porter. Now it's hot because it's like been fermenting and they heat it up and stuff like that. So it just comes rushing in and immediately it fills up. Like as soon as he pulls the door open, that Mm -hmm. just, all that porter just rushes in and it's immediately to his knees and it is rising fast. It will drown him within minutes and he, and is rising at an insane pace. And he is just like, what in the hell? He looks up at the vat that had just ruptured. It was the same one that the iron ring fell off. The same one completely just exploded. One worker, which they called witness in these old newspapers, was only three yards away from the explosion. From the Morning Chronicle on the 20th of October, 1814, witness was standing on the platform within three yards of the vat when, without the smallest previous notice, it burst. He heard the crash of the vat going off. He ran to the storehouse where the vat was. He was above his knees in beer. The witness had also heard this incredible crash and he was only three yards from it. Luckily, he was on the side of it where it wasn't going to kill him instantly. Now, one side of this brew house, what they're about to figure out, what George Crick is about to figure out is this is a lot worse than it seems. It's pretty bad, but it is a lot worse than he knows so far. The brew house, the the entire side of the brew house, 25 foot high walls on the brew house had been completely torn to rubble in an instant when this vat burst. It basically, this vat exploded. Now the vats, if you go back to the photo, you see they're really close to the back walls. Mm -hmm. They're only a few feet from them and they're actually anchored to the walls. Yep. So if a vat like this was to explode, which it did, it would definitely take out the wall and it did it took out the entire back wall of the brewery so now not only is beer filling up this brew house it is also filling up the streets of london and the explosion was so powerful of this beer that it actually ruptured the adjacent vats next to it so now you have three vats Uh that have just ruptured one side of the house like i said 20 feet high along with parts of the roof was destroyed instantly quote lay in ruins immediately all the staff rush out the ones that aren't injured near death already because a lot of the staff were injured three staff members had to be taken to the hospital the rest of the staff ran to save what beer they could they didn't know anyone had died that's not going to come till later when the vat burst the force and pressure was so great that it knocked the cock out of nearly as large a vat that was in the cellar this vat contained 2,400 barrels, all of which but 80 barrels read about. I just wanted you to read that because it said cock out. (laughs) One witness described nearly drowning. All at once, I found myself borne onward with great velocity by a torrent which burst upon me so suddenly as almost to deprive me of breath. Just that one vat was 2,400 barrels, which is over 7,000 gallons here. All right. Not that to- is like, 
that is a um like swimming pool. Yeah, I can see that. Small swimming pool, but L- a swimming pool. Let me go back to the vats real quick, okay, before we go any further. These these vats here were 22 feet tall, filled within four inches to the top. They were huge. 22 feet is like the size of your house. Yeah, that's big. One this vat of be- this vat of beer contains seven thousand six hundred and sixty barrels, and it was been brewing for the last ten months. The four inches <laughs> is that a lot? <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of beer. <laughs> the hoop that fell- I mean, ninety nine barrels of beer. Like we're a lot greater than that. The iron hoops that I showed you, like the one that slipped off, each hoop weighed over 700 pounds. Jeez. So you can't just like push it back up. Oh, yeah. Wow. The beer that was brewed was dark colored beer known as Porter. And these vats weren't just for functionality. They were also an attraction. It was like a a brew wars to see who can build the biggest vats. Can you read? And then they realized maybe that wasn't a good idea. Yeah. It is thought that the one of the most spectacular sites, certainly at the major London Porter breweries, was the sheer size of the storage vats. Much kudos being attached to the brewer in possession of the largest example, writes author Ian S. Hornsey in A History of Beer and Brewing. Now, keep in mind, these vats are wooden. So they, you know, they eventually can rot and stuff. It's not a good idea. No. An article from the Smithsonian Magazine that I found said that the bigger vats actually became a competition among brew houses up until the flood, that is. Okay. Where one, the behemoth, luckily it wasn't this one, but the behemoth at the pinnacle held 18,000 barrels (laughs) and was held together with 80 tons of iron. (laughs) Wow. 18,000 barrels. That is over twice as large as this one. That's a, that, that is a swimming pool. That is a lot. That's a swimming pool. Amount of beer. So, I mean, look at this photo one more time. All of a sudden this, and this is only a half of it. All of a sudden this vat just explodes and just beer porter just runs out, right? So what the workers didn't realize at this point as they were out scooping up the beer and trying to recoup some of their losses. Yeah, because it's it's going to be the total loss just in the beer was in today's money, $25,000. Not not to mention the uh, damage to the brewery. Wow. So the workers are trying to recoup their losses by scooping up the beer at this point. And sanitation wasn't that big of a concern back then. And they then noticed the back wall had been completely taken out. Half of the roof is gone and the streets of St. Giles Rookery with all the poor people and the destitution are now floating in Porter. Okay. It was a, quote, 20 foot tsunami. Jesus. (laughs) That's what it says. Wow. First, New Street and George Street. So if you go back to the London map where I showed you on Google Earth, it was right behind there. It's now a theater. So the street's right behind there. It first went on New Street and George Street. Now, this is a tidal wave we're talking about. So this is right when it breaks through the wall. A tidal wave of beer 20 feet tall is flowing at an immense speed. Hannah Banfield, a four-year-old and her mother and one of her friends, quote, another child, were at tea on the first floor of the nearby house. 
the mother and her daughter, Hannah, quote, washed by the flood into the ruins and they were found at 6.30 p.m. dead. They were the first bodies found. So the first bodies found weren't even found for an hour and a half after this thing busted. They were on the first floor and it just came right into the the windows. and drowned them out and actually pushed them out of the house they were in. They were found down the street. The other child who survived, that's what it says, the quote, other child, but they didn't give a name, survived miraculously, was found nearly suffocated on a bed in the adjacent room. The mother survived too, where she was in a hospital, quote, where she lies in a dangerous state, end quote. I don't know if she survived or not, ultimately. It was about an hour and a half before that first body of the four-year-old floated up. Quote, she was quite dead and her body was carried to the Horseshoe Public House. Next to her was floating a portion of the neighbor's wall. So it actually took not only the brewery wall, but the surrounding houses, it took their walls down as well. Now, going back to George Crick, who was the manager who just filled out that work order, he went into the brew house, looked over and saw his own brother, who was also the superintendent under him. He was being pulled out from one of the vats lying on its side. Quote, he and one of the laborers were in the Middlesex Hospital in a dangerous way. They had to be taken to the hospital. The bursting of the brew house walls and the fall of heavy timber materially contributed to aggravate the mischief by forcing the roof and walls of the adjoining houses from the times the 19th of October, 1814. The surrounding houses in the street, the reason they came down so easily is because they're dilapidated anyway. Right. There's two or three families that live in one room of of a house. Yeah. And they're dilapidated. Structurally not sound. Definitely not enough to withstand a tidal wave, you know. Of any kind, let alone beer. So literally half the houses on this street are going to come down and collapse. Jeez. So now you can kind of see where all the victims or all the deaths are coming from. Yeah. One witness of Richard Halls, he lived at number 22, which number two, uh, house number two is the brewery. So number 22, wow. that is quite a ways away. Mm-hmm. He heard a powerful crash and then looked at the back part of his house, quote, beaten in. Everything in his cellar was destroyed and filled with beer, quote, pouring across the street. So even 20 houses down, his house got beaten in. He then sees an Eleanor Cooper, who was his house servant, in the yard. She was washing pots at the time. Her back was turned and the explosion happened. And before she could do anything but look, that beer took her over. A tremendous wall of liquid broke through the wall of Richard Richard's house and crumpled her instantly. Jesus. Crumpled Eleanor instantly. Witnesses rushed over to desperately pull her out of the rubble of bricks and wood and beer. One man found her arm as if it was reaching for safety. And he's like, oh, she's going to be she's going to be okay." Mm. Or at least that's what he had hoped she was doing. She was buried under the ruins from whence she was dug out about 20 minutes past eight o'clock. Mr. Ogle, a surgeon, attended to render medical assistance, but she was quite dead. She was quite dead. The next witness, John Cummins, a brick 
bricklayer and also some owner of the houses on New Street. He is the one that found Elizabeth Smith on the ruins of one of his home's first floor. It was a second one. Quote, soaked in poverty, the St. Giles neighborhood was now saturated in beer, writes History.com. Our neighbors waded through the beer and wreckage in search of people trapped by the destruction. Newspaper accounts record that everyone was quiet in order to hear the cries of those trapped. So they are trapped, drowned, and covered in rubble, and everyone's just trying to be quiet so they can hear the screaming. What a nightmare. All right, let's move on to the next bodies. So this tidal wave is still flowing down. Further down the street, there was a funeral wake going on. A wake was being held by an Irish family mourning over a two-year-old boy that had that had just died the previous day. So they were all in the cellar. Now, as I said earlier, in this neighborhood, in this slum, the cellars were actually used for people's living quarters, which that's not what they're for. They're for storehouses to store things like a basement. However, there were 30,000 people just on this one street alone, families living in the same room, multiple families in the same room. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the families had to live in the cellars. But those cellars, which are not ventilated and there's basically one way in, one way out. If a tidal wave of beer comes and fills up that cellar, it's going to drown everyone in there. And it did. Five family members were mourning the death of a two-year-old boy that had passed the previous day and they were in the cellar, in the wake. The water rushed in, sealing all five mourners inside, drowning including the deceased boy's mother and a three-year-old boy named Thomas Murray. Catherine Butler was the grandmother there, 65. She was the oldest. Her daughter, Mary Mulvey, and her son, Thomas Murray, three years old, was found at 4 p.m. the following day. They weren't even found on a Monday. They were found on Tuesday, 24 hours later, Mm. they were discovered. Isn't this crazy? This is wild. I mean, it's nuts, man. Sarah Bates, a three-year-old child, was also found. She was found in the ruins of a house number three in New Street. Further down, the porter drowned her in the cellar where she was playing. Three workers at the brewery were sent to the hospital, but no deaths were recorded from the the brew staff. That's interesting. Which was crazy. Yeah. I guess it just kind of like broke out the door. Yeah, you know, it ruptured in the back and went out instead of I mean, it did go in, but it went out mostly into the streets. Yeah. All in all, just in this, eight people would be dead. Two three year olds, one four year old up to the age of 65. Jesus, that's sad. What does the drunk and drugged hooligans of St. Giles Rookery do when nearly a million pints of beer is sloshing through the street. They started cupping their hands and bringing bottles and oh my God. <laughs> reportedly there was at least one death from alcohol poisoning. Wow. <laughs> wow. Workers at the brewery started charging people because they got to recoup their losses. As best they can. They got to recoup their losses. They started charging people to come and gulp from the vat instead of getting it. To gulp. So so people that come from out of town, a lot of people came from out of town to witness this. So they would come and they're like, I don't want to drink the beer off the floor or off the streets that's still there. So they charged them to gulp out of the vat. Ew. That's so unsanitary. 
most of the people just got drunk right off the streets, just licking the ground. (laughs) I mean, mean, what else is there to do? Some of the relatives, and this is kind of morbid, but some of the relatives of the eight victims also got an entrepreneurial spirit, maybe uh, helped by the alcohol, but they started charging some of the London gawkers that came to see their dead relatives and see how... Oh, (laughs) that's kind of fucked up. I mean, that is fucked up. I mean, shit. I mean, there was... Apparently, people from all over London was coming to see this thing, man. You know? And it's not like you can get in your car. They had to travel to see this. Yeah, that's for sure. Luckily, the beer stayed for at least two weeks. The smell didn't get out for months. You know how strong Porter is. Yeah. It took several weeks for the beer to drain away and a lot of it was drunk up. (laughs) That's a million, (laughs) over a million pints of beer. Million bottles of beer, take them down, pass it around. You know, nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine <laughs> bottles of beer. And like I said, at least one death from alcohol poisoning, maybe more. I don't know. Wow. So what wow. came of all this? Well, you got to remember the the people that died were poor, destitute people anyway. So the London court system basically wanted wanted to avoid any repercussion and reprimand payments for them. So the judge actually declared it a, quote, act of God. So the courts of London didn't have to pay out victim losses and stuff like that, or even pay for funerals. Wow. (laughs) Which, an act of God. I mean, an act of God is usually like a weather-related event. Yeah, no shit. When they call it that. The the brewery actually did pretty fine, even though the total loss was over $25,000. They petitioned the Treasury to be allowed the excise duty, which is basically an alcohol tax. For all the beer lost, they didn't pay any of the beer tax and actually got refunded a lot of for a lot of like the Treasury actually paid them for what they would sell the beer for from what I'm seeing. Total was about 8,000 barrels of beer, plus the damage to the brewery, which they claimed and got money from insurers. No penalties. The court, like I said, didn't even pay restitution to any of the victims or anything. And the brewery did quite well, and it closed down in 1919, I think. And that's when the theater was built. So it lasted another 100 years. But that's the story. You see this photo here is a, a good, it was like a artist rendition of what it looked like. Jesus. I mean, think about a, a tsunami of beer. That's crazy. Nearly 25 feet high. That so. is nuts. So I know it's a short story. I got all I could on it. But uh, what do you think? I mean, actually, I just noticed there's like a dog surfing on there in the image. Did you notice that? Uh, no. There's like a dog on a surfing on a wood, wooden plank <laughs> on the wave. Where? Uh, oh, oh, is it up here? Towards the oh, top. Oh, yeah. You see him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I so, mean, it, I, it's a crazy story. I hate that people did die from this. Yeah. So it would make me like the story more if nobody died or was injured in the making of the Great Beer Flood. It's interesting because I was wondering how people would die from it. People right next to it, obviously, they were. For, they drowned. They drowned instantly. Yeah. And then it made sense with families living in the cellars and stuff like that. And unfortunately, that family was at a 
funeral wake in the cellar and they drowned right there. Yeah. All of them. That's awful. All five of them drowned because the, the porter just runs a in. a way to die. You know, let, let's say it's like um, the cellar, you know, stairs going down and then yeah. there's a door. It traps you in there and it yeah. fills up so quick, man. I mean, and, and yeah, you're probably getting really drunk like instantly too. Tram says that um, that uh, it probably gets absorbed through the skin. So I I could see that. Plus it, you're drinking it, not consciously, but you're just like <gasps> you're gulping it down a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, you'll you'll die from the drowning before you're actually getting yeah. drunk from it, though. Yeah. Even though you are ingesting, obviously, a ton of it. And it's black. You can't see anything. Yeah. And there's no lighting. This is 1814. So there's it's no lights in the cellar and stuff like that. They had candles. So honestly, scary. Very scary. I mean, how would you even find the porter comes down, burns out the candles. Everything's pitch black and you don't know where the door is. I mean, it's just fucking yeah. nuts, yeah. man. Well, I'm glad that they have a uh, reformed how beer is made after this, basically. Oh, yeah. It was no more the biggest vats win. And not made out of wood. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. I don't know if they changed the wood policy, but this did uh, this did issue some reformations with inspections and stuff like that. Now, I don't even know, you know, this guy, he said he put a work order in. He may have just said that, you know what I'm saying? Because apparently it wasn't that big of a deal. And I don't think the iron ring is what caused it to bust. I don't know. I mean, it may not have been. It could have just been like, that's a lot of liquid in a vat like that. Is she a lot amount? And I mean, it was up to four inches. There was only a four inch space at the top. This is 22 feet high and they only only four inches and you know that stuff is fermentating so it it may expand and stuff yeah you know it's like crazy yeah yeah. They just think these like iron iron hoops can hold it. Yeah, it could hold the barrel. Yeah, but not. I mean, the shit can come out the, you know. Leak too. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, I hope you guys like that was a really short one. Crazy story. That though. was uh, a request from a while back. I don't even know who requested it, but we uh, we're going to do a crazy one this weekend. I can't wait. And yeah, so I guess headlines tomorrow headlines and then tomorrow. And then I have another short one coming up on uh, Thursday. We'll record for you guys and that's it. So perfect. We're going to go play Resident Evil again. Yep. So, but we'll be on the discord and that's all I got. Until next time. So thanks so much for joining. Until next time. Good night, you lovely, lovely people. I kind of run this shit.